Hey, it's the Jeff Fitoff Show. I'm Jeff Tito Fitoff. Thanks for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at DitHappens. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, which is great, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I mentioned MMA. Check out our new daily MMA Blitz hosted by the very talented Milan Jordan. Uh, he will preview upcoming events. He'll review events that have happened, and he does a great job. So make sure you check that out right here. Um, on the whole uh, DSPBonline.com family. Um, I want to talk first about Shohei Otani because he did something that it, he every time he gets on the mound, every time he plays a game, it seems like he does something or almost does something no one's done before or they haven't done since, uh, you know, like uh, 100 years ago. So on Tuesday night, uh, Shohei Otani uh, beat the Marlins 5-2. to two. Fine, that's a win. Good for him. But he did something that no one's done since they started keeping stats for RBIs in 1920. He, uh, that's the first time RBIs became an official stat was 1920. He is the first player to have 10 strikeouts as a pitcher, knock in two runs, and also have a stolen base. First time in history that's happened as far as recorded history of RBIs. Um, he, uh, he, he was just, he struck out 10 in that game. He got his fifth straight win. Um, he did allow an unearned run and, uh, that was, um, his first run. It ended a streak of like uh, almost 22 innings. I think it was without allowing a, a, a run at all. Um, and, uh, according to Jeremy Frank, um, from, uh, I, I picked up on this Jeremy Frank, uh, you can follow him at MLB random stats. There's wh- where we got this from, but anyway, it is, he's had a four game span now where he's gone four no with at least 40 strikeouts, no earned runs. And um, that's the first time, that's since 1913, only a handful of people have done that. And that's Otani, Clayton Kershaw's done it a couple of times, R.A. Dickey, uh, Johan, Santana, Yo, Johan Santana did it, uh, Chan Ho Park, and uh, Ray Culp did it also. But now Otani's ERA is under two and a half. He's got uh, 111 strikeouts and 81 innings. And again, it, it's, it's hard to... It, He's going to be a free agent coming up and have a chance to sign sign a big contract soon. And it'll be interesting to see how you can possibly put a dollar figure on what Otani is worth because of how much he does. Now, he's not having like some elite hitting season. He's hitting less than 260. Um, but he still, though, is, is he's a really good hitter, just hasn't done all the numbers with it yet. But the pitching is what really set him apart. And the fact you can get both of them with him, I don't know what he's worth. I don't know what dollar figure... Um, should he be the highest paid player in baseball? Maybe because he's a, he's a top 10 pitcher, top 10 starting pitcher in the majors and a very reliable hitter. So um, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Shohei Otani and what market he goes to. If he stays with the angels um, who can never seem to get into the postseason, or if he'll go to a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or something like that, go to a bigger market squad um, or maybe the Mariners where Ichiro had so much success um, as a foreign born player as well. So, uh, the Otani stuff, though, is going to be fascinating to me. Uh, other news, uh, the Chicago Bears have been talking about moving their uh, stadium from downtown Chicago to um, a suburb in Chicago called Arlington Heights. And 
Um, the team wants to do this. They've got the land, I think, already picked out for it. The city of Chicago is uh, their mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot's trying to get them to stay at Soldier Field with the idea of making it into a dome. Um, so it's like it's adding a dome to Soldier Field is what they're doing if, if they decide to go that route. And I love Soldier Field. I don't want to see a dome in Chicago. I don't know if, if they, they, any football stadium anymore, I don't want to see a dome. Football is supposed to be played in the elements. I want to see snow, especially a place like Chicago. I get so pissed off when you, you got these Thanksgiving Day games this year, in, indoor game Detroit, indoor game Dallas. Uh, the third game's indoor also. I think it's like New Orleans, Minnesota or something like that is the third game. But it's an indoor game again. I want to see elements. I want to see wind. I want to see cold. I want to see uh, players' breath. I want to see people freezing out there. And that's what football's meant to be. I'm tired of dome stadiums. I'm tired of it. I don't like watching football in December when it's in a dome. You know, Minnesota used to have a huge home field advantage when uh, when they played in Bloomington. And it was a, uh, I mean, you could go back and watch some of the old games and watch how cold it was during Bug Grant's years. He's still out there wearing uh, a short sleeve shirt in that cold. But I'm so tired of domes. And Chicago should not have a dome. It's the Windy City. Uh, you should be out there playing in those elements. Don't give me a dome in Chicago. That'll piss me off, especially on a, a stadium like Soldier Field. I know it's a bit run down. They've done renovations to it though, but you don't want to, don't dome that in. That'll look ridiculous. And I know that there's other reasons why you would want a dome because you could then use it year round. You could host a Super Bowl if you wanted to, which would be fun. But I want to see outdoor weather football games. Brittany Griner, uh, the WNBA player who has been over in Russia uh, in prison for the last, uh, it's been 140 days now since uh, she was detained, a little more than 140. And she was arrested because uh, she had vape cartridges that had hashish oil in them. And she pled guilty in court today. Um, Russian courts, uh, for everything I'm reading about, I don't know much about them until all of this came up, but you know they're, they're usually a formality. Their conviction rates are ridiculously high. Usually if you go to court in Russia, you're going to be convicted if you don't plead guilty anyway. She could get up to 10 years in prison for her guilty plea. Now, ESPN's uh, TJ Quinn talked about this or tweeted about this and said that uh, she had to, she pretty much had to plead guilty because um, they want to try to use this now as a way to um, initiate a conversation with Russia on getting her released, maybe in a prisoner swap type thing. Um, you know, it's this is going to forever change, though. The um, United States players or foreign players going to Russia to play in basketball leagues. The, the WNBA players, a lot of them would go over there and play because you can make a lot more money in the offseason playing um, in Russia or other places across the country than you'd make in the WNBA. This is going to put a halt to that. No one's going to want to deal with that. And uh, Brittany Griner hopefully gets back soon to the United States. But um, this is a, uh, a tough situation. And, um, you know, that you, this is a risk you run sometimes in international travel, especially with what's been going on with Russia, with the Ukraine, with the rest of the world. Uh, in recent uh, recent days. So um, also Kevin Durant uh, has asked for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. He's got four years left on his deal, just kicked in. He's got a, a four-year uh, contract with them. So um, people are looking at that as a reason why teams should offer a lot for Durant. Not only is he a great player, but the fact he's got four years on his contract and can't like opt out and you know, you've got him for four years. I look at it the other way. I, I think it's less attractive that he's got four years. Look, he's 34 years old. And he's had a lot of injuries. Um, 
I, I don't think that – I think four years on his contract, having a four-year contract, I, I think that's a negative. I'd rather have him on a two-year deal because I don't think I want Kevin Durant at 37 or 38. He won't be able to do what LeBron did at 37, 38, what LeBron's still doing now. Durant's not built that way. And I, I think the injuries are, are going to catch up to him. I think you get a couple of years maybe of a good Kevin Durant, and then I think I could see him taking a big step back, and then you're overpaying for him. He mentioned wanting to go to Phoenix or Miami. You know, uh, Phoenix could offer like uh, DeAndre Ayton in a package with some draft picks and whatnot. I don't know if the, the Nets are interested in that. Golden State's an attractive spot, I think. They can give up James Wiseman. Um, but the thing is with uh, Golden State, they can't give up Andrew Wiggins in a deal without the Nets getting rid uh, of Ben Simmons because there's a, a CBA rule where if you've got guys on rookie max extensions that you can't have more than one, I believe, on a team at the same time. And these guys, you'd be trading into that. So um, that's why that could not happen. So if they got Wiggins in a deal, um, you know, then they would have to also then move Simmons somewhere else. So I don't think that will happen. Golden State would be a great fit for him if you get it back on that team. Um, but, you know, you could trade James Wiseman, maybe uh, Jordan Poole, and a bunch of draft picks in a deal. But it's going to be tough for – if the Nets asking price – is if they want, you know, like five picks or pick swaps and an all-star player back, they're not going to get that. And there was talk about, you know, Boston. Would the Celtics consider trading Jalen Brown in a deal? I would say no way in hell would I do that. Um, you'd have to include other pieces also, like Marcus Smart probably and draft picks. I don't want to do that if I'm Boston. I would much rather have the young Jalen Brown uh, and keep rolling with him and, and Tatum. And uh, I love where the Celtics are going, so I want no part of that kind of deal. Uh, but Durant, though, uh, wants to be moved somewhere, just a question of where it will be and when it will happen. The Nets could say, no, we're going to hold on to him. I don't think they will. Their smartest thing they could do right now is get rid of him, get rid of Kyrie, get rid of Ben Simmons, get a bunch of draft picks and young players, and move forward because this Nets thing was a colossal failure, the biggest failure for the Nets since they made the trade with uh, Boston to get Kevin Garnett um, and uh, Paul Pierce and gave up a bunch of draft picks to Boston in that one, and that turned into – Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, among others. So um, I, I think it'd be foolish for Brooklyn to, to wait out on I think they should absolutely try to move whatever they can, um, get get guys back that are coming off expiring deals or whatever so they can free up cap space that way and uh, get as many draft picks as you possibly can for Durant. I think in two years, Durant will be a lot different looking player than he is right now. All right, that's it for um edition of the JT show. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at that happens. We'll have another JT show coming here soon. There's news happening all the time. Again, go check out our MMA daily blitz with Milan Jordan. It's great, especially if you're a fight fan, even if you're just a fan of uh, any kind of combat sport, boxing included. The MMA daily blitz is a great, a great place to look here on the DSP media online.com family of podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.